The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to the Pharisees, There was a rich man who dressed in purple garments and fine linen and dined sumptuously each day. And lying at his door was a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who would gladly have eaten his fill of the scraps that fell from the rich man's table. Dogs even used to come and lick his sores. When the poor man died, he was carried away by angels to the bosom of Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. And from the netherworld, where he was in torment, he raised his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he cried out, Father Abraham, have pity on me. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am suffering torment in these flames. Abraham replied, my child, remember that you received what was good during your lifetime, while Lazarus likewise received what was bad. But now he is comforted here, whereas you are tormented. Moreover, between us and you, a great chasm is established to prevent anyone from crossing who may wish to go from our side to yours or from your side to ours. He said, then I beg you, Father, send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they too come to this place of torment. But Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. He said, Oh no, Father Abraham, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. Then Abraham said, If they will not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if someone should rise from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. joy to be with you all this morning. And uh, last weekend, I, was, I wrote about this in the bulletin that I was at a solemn profession of vows for a religious sister in California, which was truly beautiful. But again, it's a reminder that like, I miss being here when I'm gone, and I'm grateful to God for that. And today in the gospel reading, our Lord, our Lord tells this story and and behind this story, there's really our Lord's desire for the conversion of the Pharisees. And when, when our Lord talks to the Pharisees, he's often criticizing them and he's saying, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, da 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 But underneath that, there is his desire for their conversion because he desires that everyone be converted. He desires that everyone come to know our Lord's mercy and, but because of the hardness of heart of the Pharisees, he tends to have to be more direct with them. 
because they don't always respond to. They don't always respond to him when, when he's simply preaching in, in the way that he preaches to the crowds. And, and so he tells this story of the rich man and Lazarus and, and how there's this rich man who dresses in purple garments and fine linen and dines sumptuously each day and, and he's really self-sufficient which means he's also probably self-reliant. And then there's Lazarus, who, who would really give anything to eat his, the fill of the scraps that fall from the rich man's table, this, this poor man who has to be God-reliant. Those who are poor come to, to this place in their heart where they really realize like, okay, I have to ask God for everything because I can't do anything for myself. And at the end of his life, the poor man is taken up into heaven and the rich man is separated from him by this great chasm. And then there's this, this other interesting part where he, he says, I beg you, send them to my father's house for I have five brothers so that he might warn them lest they too come to this place of torment. And Abraham replies to him, they have Moses and the prophets. Just like the Pharisees have Moses and the prophets. Oh no, if someone from the dead goes to them, they'll repent. And, and that's a, a line that I think I've probably used in my own spiritual life many times, which is, Kind of this idea that I used to have when I was in the seminary that it would be so much better if I would have lived like in apostolic times. Like, like it would be so much easier to believe if Jesus was like standing in front of me right now. Like it would be so much easier to believe if I had actually seen Jesus perform miracles or if I'd hear, heard him with my own ears or if I had touched him, it would be just easier to believe. But what our Lord is revealing to us is it's, it's not that much easier. There's plenty of people in the Gospels who, who saw our Lord and heard him with their own ears and saw him perform miracles that walked away from him. If someone from the dead goes to them, they'll repent. It would be easier to believe if I'd seen Jesus risen from the dead. Well, the, there were lots of people who saw Jesus risen from the dead and saw the evidence of that, but they didn't repent or it'd be so much easier to believe if like God would just like come down appear to me and tell me what to do and and over the years I've, I've come to understand at least for my own part that it, it really wouldn't make it that much easier our Lord could come down appear to me and tell me what to do and there's a part of my heart that would probably still be like ah, I don't really know if that's real it's like the most common question asked in spiritual direction is how do I know the difference between like if God's talking to me or if I'm just making this up in my head? And, and the difference usually is like, okay, this, this, when our Lord says something to you, is it what you would say or what he would say? I was talking to somebody in spiritual direction and, and, uh, 
we we're kind of praying through some things and, and I was like, so what's our Lord like with you? And, and they're basically their answer was, and I'm, I'm just going to make a major paraphrase. Basically what our Lord said was, I just need to buck up and be like, I just need to like pull up my bootstraps and, and go. And our Lord never says that to anybody in the gospels. You know, like our Lord never says like, uh, you just need to work harder. What our Lord says in the Gospels, you know, in the Gospels, our Lord enters into people's lives and he changes them and he does the things for us that we can't do for ourselves. And it's his love that moves us. In the opening prayer for Mass, it said, like, God who manifests his greatness or who manifests his power by showing his mercy. And, and that's, that's really what our Lord it's really what our Lord comes to do. And, and if we want to experience that in a greater way, we have to be more like Lazarus than the rich man, which means like we have to have a disposition in our heart that recognizes our need. Those who are rich have an obstacle, which is that they're not used to having needs and they're used to being self-reliant. And they're resistant to acknowledging their needs. But that's not just a temptation for rich people. It's a temptation of self-reliance. It's a temptation that's resistant to saying, like, I'm a broken person who needs redemption. And we all struggle with that. Now, I was in, uh, on Wednesday night, I was meeting with the high school kids, and which is also, like, it was a great reminder that that's one of the things that brings me the greatest amount of joy and, um, and so one of the questions that came up in the lessons that we were doing, the videos that we were watching, had to do with brokenness and, and like, what are some examples of brokenness in the world? And, and kind of the first response tended to be like, well, there's this like organization out here, or this group of people out here, or this thing over here, or the world that we live in. And, and I kind of was like stepped back and I was like, well, what about the brokenness in here? Like, what about the brokenness in our own hearts? What about the brokenness in our own families? What about the brokenness in our own parish? Like, like it exists. It's okay to acknowledge that it exists. And everybody was just kind of like, ugh. But, but the, and I basically said, like, not to worry. All the adults kind of say the same thing, right? Like, we all have a fear of recognizing the fact that, okay, I have a need. But again, the point that, that I wanted to drive home with them and, and really with everyone is that if we don't acknowledge that we have a need, then we don't need a redeemer. Right? If we're resistant to acknowledging our own brokenness, we don't need somebody to save us. If, we, if we're not like sinners, we don't need redemption. And, and so if we don't acknowledge the fact that there's something in me that's, that's off, there's something in me that's broken, there's something in me that, that needs to be healed, well then, like, we have no need for our Lord to heal us. And then, and then our relationship with him just becomes like, yeah, like, he did this for all those people, but, like, I'm okay, and I'm going to, like, work out my own salvation, and, and that doesn't really work for anybody. And then the church becomes like a club for people who just think they're holier than everybody else instead of the church is a place where we come in order to receive mercy. It's a place where we come for our Lord to make a difference in our life. It's a place where our Lord enters into the world to change everything. 
you know, the second option is a lot more exciting and a lot more attractive. And, and, and it's a lot more dynamic when, when we recognize that it's our Lord who does everything. And, and that means that we start with acknowledging the fact that we need him. And when we do that, then all of the prayers that we pray take on greater meaning. And the Psalms that we pray every single week, every single day, take on more meaning. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord raises up those who are bowed down. The fatherless and the widow he sustains. Like those are, those, those words become words that, oh yeah, that applies to my life. Because he's done those things for me. And I've allowed him to do those things for me. And that's the pitfall of the Pharisees and the Gospels is that they, they have a resistance to recognizing that they have a need for our Lord, that they have a need for Jesus. And it's that same pitfall that we can fall into is, is, is that we fail to recognize that we need him to do everything. And when we take that first step of acknowledging that, and just like, I'm going to count myself among those sinners who need our Lord's mercy. Then we can move to that next step of actually like allowing him to change everything. And, and he becomes somebody that we know very well. And then we can start to imitate him. And we just do for others the things he's done for us. And we relate to others the way he's related to us. And then we truly become that light that shines in the darkness of our world. And so today, let us pray that, that we never forget the great need that we have for our Lord, that we never forget our own poverty of spirit, and that we grow in our reliance on him, that he might heal and build up and redeem our own hearts, our own families, our own parish and the entire world.